Hello and welcome back to another episode of Tiki Taka Talk. I'm back with the Callums again, this time to discuss the world's best players. Uh, firstly, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope that our first episode was entertaining. Plenty of discussion there, as I'm uh, sure there will be in this one. Um, right, straight straight into it then, I guess. Um, let's start with the keeper. Who have you opted for, Callum? I've gone for Jan Oblak. Um, everyone knows she's been absolutely insane for the last few years. Um I'm a Liverpool fan against Liverpool. Somehow, <laughs> somehow they, kept, they kept us out and it was down to that man. He's at the lowest goal to game ratio of the last four years in La Liga. He's just, he's just been unstoppable for me. I'd love to I'd pick him up. very surprised you've not gone with the uh, Liverpool keeper. It, it, it was close, but I think because of the, it was that game that sort of made me realise how... Yeah, I mean, I've got, got, got a few stats. I mean, Callum, I'm, uh, Cal, I'm assuming you're, um, you're the same. Uh, yeah, 100% agreed, uh, or black. And also you've got to take into, into account his performances against Real Madrid and Barcelona as well. And I think he's, his clean sheets this season, he's kept a clean sheet in 41% of his games, which is mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple couple more for you, just to, to emphasise just how good this guy is. Um, Ica Casillas holds the, uh, the record for the Champions League in, uh, in 81 games. He's got 57 clean sheets. So, you know, pretty much a, th- a third of the games. Pretty impressive record. Um, well, Oblak has 27 clean sheets in 56 games. So, wow. Played um, to Casillas. He's all, pretty much got half, um, you know, and he's 11th on the all-time list of goalkeepers in the entire history of the European Cup. So, it's pretty, uh, a pretty uh, yeah. phenomenal stat. Save percentage of 80.2% in his time at Atletico is just ridiculous. I think that's almost double what Kepa's managed this season. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, don't get me started on Kepa. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're all, all agreed there on Oblak. But, I mean, obviously, we, we haven't even mentioned uh, to Stegen, but I think they're probably the top three in the world right now, to Stegen, Alisson and Oblak. Uh, yeah, maybe Edison. Uh, yeah, you could say so. I think, yeah, I think Oblak is uh, high and above all of them, though. Um, and then, obviously, Alisson and Stegen, I'd say, are worth a mention, but not quite as consistent or as good as all black. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. Um, we'll move on to the right back position then. Um, I mean, I've gone with, um, I think you two have both gone with you know, the Trent option, the obvious um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I've gone with um, Joshua Kimmich um, of Bayern Munich. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I do watch a lot of, a lot of fo- foreign football and this guy's versatility is, is phenomenal. And obviously for a quite a you know, decent proportion of this season, he's been playing at CDM. So you could argue maybe in that regard that he wouldn't necessarily be your right back. But for me, um, like it's just a phenomenal player. Like his consistency. He's got two goals, got thirteen assists last season, um, from right back. Um just handled just taken over the mantle from Philip Lahm pretty much. Um, who obviously under Guardiola did get moved into the centre mid um sort of area. But for me, just um just Kimmich is just phenomenally equal in both attack and defence. Um, I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have argued for the, for Trent. Yeah, for me, it has to be. It has to be. No yeah, I, I'm I'm with Callum on this one. Um, obviously, I know I know he's a Liverpool player, but you can't overlook what he's done. Uh, Twelve assists already this season, 29 games. I think also you've got to take into account um, obviously the way the club say you know they play for how how they play, and I think Trent suits the way Liverpool play. The passing is phenomenal, I think. Yeah, 
I've never I've never seen a team so dependent on their right back as Liverpool no. are on Trent Alexander yeah. Arnold. And he and he turns up in the big games as you saw against Barcelona last season, Leicester this season. I, I think he's a top top. Yeah. I think, I, I think I, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you, and it's difficult to argue against. But I think there's a there's a few issues in a couple of games I've seen with Trent, especially defensively. Um, it's probably why I've gone with the the German sort of defensive sort of like prowess, I guess. Um, I mean against Newcastle. That game where um, uh, you went behind really early on, Willems just sidestepped him like he wasn't there. Um, like Trent, Trent's, Trent's record this season, like look again, looking going back to the stats. You know, I love a good stat. Um, he's like he's the same amount of tackles per game that he's averaged. He's been dribbled past the exact amount of times, which is a little bit worrying for me as a fullback. Um, I. I... I agree, but it hasn't cost. He's still on ten clean sheets. He's on ten clean right, sheets, that's... and he's got all these assists. I think the quality of of his service more than makes up for maybe the little errors that haven't actually cost Liverpool any yeah. games. For me, I don't see it as a problem, especially especially as as you see later in my team. I, I've gone for a, a defensive midfielder who's yeah. capable of yeah. taking up those. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm quite quite happy with either of those choices too far. I think Trent's, especially in the last couple of seasons, obviously when he's been thrust into the limelight, I guess, for Liverpool, he's been phenomenal and a big part of their Champions League win. So, yeah, um, that, that Barcelona think, performance is still fresh in the memory for me as well, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to, to put Trent in at right back then. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll move on to centre-back and I think the first choice is pretty much and Jack, um, Van Dijk. Um, yeah, second, second, yeah. second in the Ballon d'Or. You know, you could argue possibly could have won it. Um, easy choice. Should have. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Van Dijkson for me, no doubt at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, there's no one really. I, I would argue that's that's at his level right now. Um, he likes a goal as well. Yeah, very, very dangerous in the air. Um, should we move on to the second centre back then? I guess. Yes. Um, Neil, who are you opted for? Um, I've opted for an interesting one, actually. Um, you know, sometimes there's that saying, you don't know what you're missing until it's gone. And I feel as though Man City lost the title as soon as this guy got injured earlier this season. And that's Laporte. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he concedes a goal every 169 minutes, which is mad. Um, he got five goals last season as well, so he also likes a goal. Um, and... We discussed in the in our introductory podcast of what Man City are missing and why they underperform this season, and I think it's because he's no longer at the back. I don't think you can rely on John Stones and Otamendi, and I think Lot Laporte would be a perfect partner for Van Dijk as well. I've gone with Laporte as well. I've gone. Um, I mean, I just just as a as a picture of how important he is. Since he joined, the um, City's win percentage is 86% with him in the side and without him, just 63%. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. it just, just highlights how important he is. They conceded 21 with him in 35 games last season. Without him, they played 19 and conceded even more, 24 goals. It just highlights how important. If anything, I would argue he's more important for City than Van Dijk is for Liverpool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not I saying it's better. I'm just saying I have... more important, in my opinion, for City. Maybe, but I've, I I don't think you can judge it on games they haven't played in. 
personally. City didn't lose the title as soon as Laporte got injured. City lost the title as soon as Liverpool kicked the ball. (laughs) Liverpool have won the title because of Van Dijk. In the same way, my choice now for the other centre-back... I'll just just point out before you do start that you haven't won the title yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you you said City had lost it. Neil said City had lost it. Who's going to win it? (laughs) No, that's a fair point. Um, I've gone for Sergio Ramos because uh, Real Madrid right now uh, have conceded the least goals um, in any of the top five divisions in Europe. Uh, he scored five goals. Take all of that away. It's Sergio yeah, Ramos. We know what he can do in the big games all the time. Do you remember against Bayern Munich years ago where he turned up in the semi-finals? Oh, completely turned the game player. I mean, I, you said big game player and I, I would agree with you, but I mean, obviously, this is our current World eleven, And for me, this season, despite Real's, you know, fantastic defensive record, um, like the, the one big game, you know, obviously you look at the Champions League to, to define a lot of these clubs' seasons, especially Madrid, who have won it so many times recently. The one game, the one big, big game they've had was against City. And they were 1-0 up with 30 to go. He gets his 26th red car of the career and costs his team the game. They lose 2-1. But that's the big, for me, the big defining moment of side season, and he's cost them the game. For me, that like, not only just a captain, but as a defender in world football, that's that's you know why I wouldn't put him as highly as as perhaps in past seasons. I mean, I'd say his dirty tactics have won him a Champions League in the past, and <laughs> yeah. in particular. Yeah, that's yeah. Enough to point. I, mean, yeah. I mean, for for me, Laporte's played what like seven games. It's not enough. I, I just, I mean, I'm happy to put him in because from the, when City won, you can, you can base it off one, when they won the treble. He was insane when he partnered with Vincent Company. Do we? Um, I, I'm ha- I'm I'm happy for Laporte to go in there, but I also think Ramos. Are we, are we being a little bit spot. harsh on say you know we've got Koulibaly, Varane, Godin? We've got yeah. they they've had all been phenomenal of late. Especially I think Godin's a little bit underrated if I'm completely honest in terms of like the best you know massive part of Atletico winning the and he's so has been a massive part of the transformation of an interside that have been quite frankly phenomenal under Conte this season yeah I, I think Con- yeah that back three yeah. for inside Godin fits in perfectly but I do feel with regards to Varane I think this season he has more of a case than Sergio Ramos Things got a bit of a cool ahead on him. I know they they've got a very good partnership, the pair of them. But I think, and I just feel Varane's a bit more disciplined. Ramos is a bit of a I think he has a bit of a screw loose at times. Um, yeah, that's probably fair. Left back. I got, do we even have to discuss this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Andy Robertson. I mean, he doesn't have quite as many assists as Trent, but. He doesn't have the same issue in terms of sort of leaking possession and and, and chances uh, as you do with Trent, and his his service is pretty much the same quality, I would say. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a couple of names now. Uh, Jordi Alba, um, big part of obviously that Barca side that's been phenomenal over the past few years. Um, Alexandro, sort of almost been I wouldn't say reborn, but found a new sort of like. Uh, Lisa Form under Sari at Juve with his versatility across the the, th- the um, positions at the back um, and in the wings. Um, Tagliaf- 
Afika I've written as well. I don't think he gets enough, anywhere near enough credit for um, his role in Ajax's phenomenal run in the Champions League. Um, yeah, agree. You know, I'm arguing about the league quality. He's probably not as good as the other leagues in Europe, but I, I would still argue he's definitely a feature. Um, yeah, I, I, but I think it's for me, it's definitely Andrew Robertson. Yeah, I feel Robertson just yeah. has limitless energy as well. He just doesn't stop all game. Uh, presses hard. I think he has the ability to both attack and defend well. Um, I think it's got to be Robertson. Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah, he, disagree. Really, yeah. he's the complete. He's the complete modern day fullback. He is everything. It has to be him for me. Yeah. yeah well, uh, yeah. Um, okay. The f- uh, we've we've all gone for a four-three-three formation. So the three in the middle. Um, I think there's going to be quite. A, there's a few names you can mention. So there might be a little bit of debate here. Um, but the one we've definitely all got is De Bruyne. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 17 assists, the high, yeah, joint highest in the top five leagues this season, um, behind um, Jane Sancho, I think, um, but the highest central midfielder. Um, eight goals, highest scoring midfielder in the league. Um, obviously, he's only three short of Henri's records with regards to the uh, assists. Um, and despite sort of employing uh, as a cam, you know, three three tackles per game, which is, is pretty high for a normal central midfielder. So, you know, despite obviously that not being his asset, he's just a bit of a complete midfielder, really, isn't he? I guess. Yeah, he's one of the most complete midfielders I've ever seen. Like, he, he can do anything. He tracks back. He doesn't stop. For he's a real team player. He doesn't stop. He, his service is amazing. He can he can pick out a screamer. He can do anything. I, I'm going to be one of the easiest choices. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to say Jordan Henderson, but I'd I'd be lying if I didn't say it was Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> I, mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a fair shout for, for Hendo, but I, I would just argue that his performance, his his presence in the Liverpool side is more important than his actual performance on the pitch, if you get me. Um, yeah. yeah, De Bruyne has the quality that Henderson, well, no players really have. Very few players have De Bruyne's quality. I mean, he gets well, a lot of teams, a lot, a lot of people's, you know, greatest Premier League 11s ever. Um, I mean, yeah. the guy, I mean, the one, one thing that people don't seem to, to notice about De Bruyne is actually deceptively quick, um, like driving past defenders, his immense pressing. But um, yeah, I mean, his performance against Arsenal this season was just like the two goals and the assist for Sterling. Um, but just in one half was, you know, phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I think he goes into our team quite comfortably. And that goal um, against Newcastle. Oh, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, second second choice in midfield, uh, Neil. Uh, well, I have gone for maybe a slight Chelsea bias here, but not to matter. I've gone for uh, Golo Kante. Um, I don't think you're going to find a better. You know, ball-winning midfielder or box-to-box midfielder in the world. He's he's just effectively a selfless contributor. I mean, you know, the amount of tackles he he uh, and interceptions he had last season was phenomenal, um, and he was key for that Europa League run and for Chelsea to qualify in the Champions League as well. Um, and this season, I mean, he I, I think he's got a bit of unfair criticism, really. Um, you know, he's popped up with a few goals as well. Um, I think he's still got a big part to play for Chelsea. Um, yeah, certainly world class in my opinion. I, I, the only thing, obviously, being a Chelsea fan myself, I love Kante and on his, uh, you know, on his day and being played in that um, sort of screening role in front of the back, the back um, four. I would argue he's easily, you know, comfortably the best in the world at that. However, 
my point would be since probably since Sari um, employing him as a centre mid, he's not been the same sort of player. I mean, he doesn't look as comfortable in that, that centre mid role where he's asked to do a little bit more going forward. Um, I, I don't, I really understand the employment of him there. He's the he's the best CDM in the world, so he should play there. No, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that, for me, that's why I wouldn't right now put him in my team. But I, I think he is the best on his day. Um, I've opted for Thiago Alcantara um, of Bayern Munich. I've, I've noticed a little bit of a theme. I've got a few Bayern players <laughs> in my team. Um, the current boss, you know, Kovacs is, you know, he's, he's the heart of the midfield. Um, Pep said it's him or no one when he was at Bayern, when he um, signed him. He was like, I only want him. Um, direct quote as well from 2013. Um, and said that he could play three or five, obviously, different positions. Built from La Masia Academy. Um, just composure on the ball in front of the, the back four, especially in that new sort of CDM role he's played in the last couple of years. It's just it's phenomenal. The way he's just so composed, distributes passing, um, yeah, keep, keeps the ball moving and, you know, even without it, creates like pockets for other players to drop in. Um, like I say, the heart, the heart of that midfield sort of thing. Um, for me, like definitely one of the best and criminally underrated in my eyes for, you know, one of the best midfielders in the world. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how you boys feel about that, that choice. It's, it's hard because we've gone for, in a way, two different types of midfielders. So it's hard, hard to argue against Thiago, especially mm-hmm. for that. Um, the the impact of having Bayern Munich and even for Spain as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to argue against Thiago. I think he's been phenomenal for Bayern Munich this season and last season. Yeah, I've gone for Joshua Kimmich as uh, my CDM. Uh, you mentioned him earlier. He's really versatile. Personally, I have to have Trent at right back. I just think he has to be there. And I, looking at Joshua Kimmich this season, he's been unbelievable. So he needs a place as well. So I put him... Um, CDM, he's he's had the most possession in the Bundesliga this season, most distance covered, real team player. Um, yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt about that for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean obviously I I've incorporated him as a right back, but I'm more than happy for him to go in as centre mid. As I mean, with the issues I've I've laid out with Kante, I would probably be more inclined to go with Kimmich um, this season um, as the second of our three. You, you know what? I'm willing to compromise and. Yeah, I think Kimmich probably does deserve a spot in the team, uh, especially for as Callum said, you know, possession-wise, he he's a brilliant team player to have. Um, I think the the third of our the third of our midfielders, um, I've gone for Cruz, Tony Cruz. Um, even at you know at thirty, still a massive part of you know the Real Madrid and German setup. Um, big part of four Champions Leagues. Um, only three of of course with Madrid, but the other one with Bayern Munich. Um, is it El Clasico? El, that El Clasico goal, this, this clip sticks in my mind from this season, uh, where he pointed for Vinicius to run um, and then played the exact pass to the millimetre for the, the first goal in the El Clasico. Um, and just, just highlights, you know, how he dictates the, the, the game, um, all parts of it. Um, 93.7% pass accuracy this season um, in the Liga and 91 across all competitions. Um, probably one, one of the best free kick you know, takers I've seen as well. Um, that one against Sweden for Germany in the uh, World Cup, yeah. that sticks out. Um, and he's scored a corner as well. I think it was either this season or last season that he scored from, directly from a corner. Um, but obviously the presence of, of Ronaldo at Madrid has, has obviously reduced his um, his chances of, of taking free kicks. But I would argue that Cruz for me is a, 
is a mainstay of that Madrid and German sides and gets into this this team even now at his current age. Yeah, I've gone for Tony Cruz as well. I mean, as you said, his pass accuracy is insane. Um, he has five assists. He's a fairly deep lying midfielder. He's not attacking. To get that many assists just shows how good his passing is. He could do everything. He controls the tempo of the game. Um, yeah, just so complete. I think my midfield looks particularly good with Kimmich, Cruz and De Bruyne. You wouldn't get the ball off it. Um, I wanted to fit in a, a certain right winger who we'll get onto later. Um, but I have deployed a you know, centre attacking midfielder as such. And he's played there a handful of times this season. It's messy. Um, I feel he can play just as effectively through the middle as he can on the right wing. Um, he's shown it for Barcelona this season and previous seasons as well. Um, but I, I, I don't think I need to go through the stats. And I know you guys have probably gotten deployed in the right wing of your teams. Um, so we'll go through that in a bit. But I, you know, I feel he can play just effectively in the centre attacking mid. Um, I think that's a fair point to make. After all, is, is Lionel Messi, you know, if not the greatest, then certainly one of the greatest to ever play the game. Um, but I, I would definitely argue that he's more effective and more employable coming in from that right-hand side onto his left foot. Um, you know, some of the goals he scored over the year, the majority of those world-class ones and memorable ones are either set pieces or when he's cut in and embarrassed people. Um, that goal against Manchester United, the one that sticks out, that I remember really clearly. Um, when he cut in um, and bent it past the hair from that right side, um, for me, I would argue, I would, I would quite happily have that midfield of Cruz, Kimmich, and KDB in front rather than Messi and save Messi, employ him out wide. I mean, I, I'd have Messi anywhere. Right, <laughs> I don't know, right back. Yeah. If I had to, but yeah, of course. But I, I agree. He's most of it. certainly in terms of goals and assists, you probably get most out of him either as a right wing or a centre forward. I think I, I've gone for right wing for Leo, but yeah, I, I mean we we are moving on to the right wing next. So I, I think if we go with the um, the right wing options, we've got um, I've, I've gone for Messi, um, same as you, Callum. Yeah, um, we don't really need to go through this, but it's you know thirty one games, and people would argue it's probably been his his one of his slowest or worst seasons um, as a footballer. And the guy's got forty combined goals and assists in thirty one games. Um, which just shows, you know, for any normal human football fan, um, that would be, you know, we'd be waxing lyrical about them. You know, the fact that he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, um, you know, 2018 was a bit of a, bit of a farce, oh, in I my opinion. But... Um, and, I mean, he, he came fifth, which, I mean, even if you don't think he could have won it, that that in itself is ridiculous and just shows how normalised his and Ronaldo's stats have become. Yeah. You know, the amount of goals and the they get is... It's abnormal, you know, but it's normal for them. And I don't think they get applauded sometimes in those sorts of awards that they should have, should do because they are, or they have been certainly, for, for you know, clearing away the best players. Um, and obviously won the Ballon d'Or in, in the last season. Um, and FIFA Pro best player for me, um, he has to go in this team. And for me, it would be as a right winger. Well, I, 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 I picked Messi as well. I'd have him anywhere. Um yeah, I, I mean, you can mention, I, I mean, uh, Neil, oh, who you going for? I Killian Mbappe on right wing. Uh, you know, this season, 33 goals okay. in 38 games, 16 assists as well. Uh, he scores a goal every 84 minutes. Obviously, the top scorer in his league. Okay, the, the league um, is not exactly the uh, the best league to play in. You know, a bit of a father's yeah, league. Um, 
you know, last season as well, 40 goals in 46 games, 1.27 goals per 90. So I felt as though he had to be in there, which is why I deployed Messi as the centre attack in mid. Fair enough reasoning to be fair. I think, I think we, it's worth mentioning Jaden Sancho, who, um, you know, 35, 35 games in the season, in all competitions. he's got 17 goals and 19 assists. Um, I mean, especially for, the, for a man of his age um, and luckily English. Um, just phenomenal numbers, um, you know, doing the fan favourite as well. So for what he's done, I think he deserves a mention. But um, in terms of, you know, obviously the majority of us, the, the two, two of us have gone with that midfield, uh, KDB, Kimmich and uh, Cruz. So I think for me, that that, that right wing spot is Messi's. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I'll take that. Um, I mean, to be fair, obviously with those Mbappe numbers, I think um, Callum's got Mbappe down I've, as his left wing. Like, Mbappe's in my team, left wing. Shall we start with him? On the left. Yeah, I mean, start start with Mbappe. If you've got, if you've got any more, obviously he's played across that front three. I mean, um, he, he, he can play anywhere across that front three. Um, we spoke about how good he's been for PSG. I know it might be a weaker league, but we've seen he can do it against the big teams of France, um, against Argentina. I remember in the World Cup where he just completely exploded away. No one, no one gets near him. Reminds me a bit of Thierry Henry. Um, yeah, that's, that's a decent comparison to make. Uh, I mean, with Henri, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal comparison, like large for uh, for Mbappe. Mate, he's, um, he's won a World Cup. I think he's right up. Yeah. He's, um, oh, I remember against Liverpool last season when we we just we just beat them 3-2. He scored an equaliser close to the end of the game. And whenever he got the ball, I was terrified. He's just... He just has that killer instinct. For me, he has to be in this team. I mean, it's, it's interesting you've gone with Mbappe because I think both me and Neil have gone for Mane, the Liverpool man. That I thought you'd uh, you'd be squeezing into your team, you know, even if it was at, at fullback. Yeah, I'm quite embarrassed. And, uh, to be fair, I, I, I won't moan if you want to put Mane in we... instead because he's been great. I, I, I'm just used to Mane being like that. I, I watch I watch every single game Mane plays, but whenever I watch Mbappe, which isn't as often, he absolutely amazes me. And he's I, I mean, great. I'll take either. We've, we've just, I mean, we just just spoke about Messi obviously being in. You know, I mean, certainly in my opinion, anyway, he's the best player of, of all time, and he himself put Mane at the top of his FIFA Pro best player choices, Was that- which in my opinion speaks speaks volumes for. For, for Mane's season and, and his ability and his importance to that Liverpool, yeah, um, Liverpool. obviously in, as well I mean as a, as a he plays in a, a more competitive league than say Hazard Neymar and Bappe yeah you know yeah. And, and like. do you know what I don't like this I want to see, see, I don't like this go on. I want to swap to Mane now but I feel like I've <laughs> persuaded you this is awful no, I- I I I've, I've got to be honest. I I feel like I'm inclined to stick Mbappe at left wing oh, purely on the basis um, that the Liverpool fan has omitted Mane from his side and yeah, Neil, no, you've got both of them. That, in that's the thing. Know I, I, that's the only I, reason why I moved Messi to centre attack in mid was just so I could fit Mbappe in. Um, so I feel more inclined to, you know, remove Mane and put Mbappe in there on the left side. And we're going to... Uh, Callum, how do you feel about that? I think we're going to put Mbappe at left wing. You know what? I'm a little bit upset because I thought that Mane would win and I wouldn't... <laughs> no, unfortunately, you, you changed my mind slightly, Callum. Obviously, I have the stats in front of me, but... I can still change my striker last minute, I suppose. Yeah. 
Um, okay, I, I think I think that's that's fair enough then. Um, we'll we'll move on to the striker and our final um, position in the eleven. Um, I'm I'm probably my favourite player in the world. Um, so just just let me wax lyrical about him a little bit for a second. I've gone for Robert Lewandowski. I've um, obviously admitted uh, CR7 from my team. Potentially a controversial decision, but I I just think Lewandowski, 33 games, 39 goals um, in all competitions is. You know, numbers that Messi and Ronaldo, you you know, normal numbers for them, but phenomenal for anyone else. Um, his hold-up plays, finishing, reading the game as a striker, um, his position sense, you know, drop, knowing when to drop deep or wider and behind, just com- constantly altering defender's reference point, making him just so difficult to mark. Um, yeah, a, a lot of people would argue, oh yeah, but Bundesliga, bit of a bit of a not, you know, not as competitive as some of the other leagues. I, I would argue it, it probably is. But even so, on that basis, six Champions League games this season, 11 goals. Um, a goal every 84 minutes across all competitions is f- ridiculous um, sort of stats. And if you look at the, the game against Schalke this season, um, it's probably one of the most complete striker perform- performances I've seen. Um, and he's the sort of player, you know, as a lot of these are in fairness, that even when not playing well, um, takes away... You know, defenders are at least, you know, makes them sort of like always question where he is. And with his constant, you know, positioning and repositioning, um, it just makes him one of the most difficult strikers to mark. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm set that he goes in this team. I think he's one of the first names on this, this 11 for me. Um, <laughs> I, anyone, I, anyone come with anyone else? Um, I've agreed with you. I, on Callum. Yeah, you've gone. You just don't on, see man. how we can have a world XI without Cristiano Ronaldo as striker. And I know Lewandowski's goals per minute per game ratio this season have been great. But the legacy of Ronaldo, and bearing in mind he scored every 93 minutes as well, which is no mean feat. Second top scorer in Serie A behind Immobile, yeah. who himself has got a goal every 81 minutes, yeah. which is unbelievable. You know, last season... 33 goals in 48 games. And I think you've also... I mean, you could probably say the same for Lewandowski with Bayern Munich, but with Ronaldo, where would Juventus be now without him in that title race? Because I think Inter could be a good 10 to 12 points clear if Ronaldo wasn't playing. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's hard to not have Ronaldo in there, but... Maybe maybe this season, I'll... Possibly be inclined to agree with you, but I don't know if you'd have said that at the start of the season. You know, if Ronaldo wasn't in the team, Juve wouldn't be in the title race, sort of thing. Like, you know, no one really expected how well Inter would be, how good Inter would be this season. I, I, I would argue. Yeah, are we are we perhaps being a little bit harsh though? On you know, you mentioned Immobile there. Um, a goal every was it eighty yeah. eighty one minutes? Probably a striker that's this. You know, not looked at in terms of you know world class right at the top. As much as maybe you know the likes of Lewandowski, Suarez, Aguero, yeah, maybe he should be. But we haven't seen him in Europe as much as the others, and I think that is the difference for me. I think all all the others we've mentioned, we've seen perform on the highest level, either at a World Cup in the European competitions. I don't think Immobile's done that just yet, as good he, as he may be. I mean, is that is that a good or is that no, more of a Lazio? No, but it is down to exposure. People have to see them to be able to really rate them amongst the best. I'm not saying yeah. it's his fault. If he went to a top club, I have no doubt that he would. But remember, Immobile had a torrid time at um, Dortmund as well, didn't he? I think he scored 
two or three goals while he was there. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just briefly, you know, mention Aguero Suarez. Um, probably worth noting a Bamiang as well. Um, <laughs> for me, for me uh, I, I, if, if I'm being completely honest, I, I, one striker for me that doesn't get mentioned anywhere near enough in the world-class category is um, Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Now, uh, people may laugh or whatever that, you know, comparing Jamie Vardy with the likes of Ronaldo, etc. But the guy is, is, for me, the best striker in the Premier League right now. He's got a 55% conversion rate, which is highest, high, like highest, and it's not even close in the Premier League. Um, 34 shots out of 52 on target and 19 goals. 19 goals in 25 games, you know, for, for an ageing striker. Um you know, I, I, it's just phenomenal, and I don't think he's mentioned in that sort of bracket as as often as he should be. Um, I don't know if you guys think that's a fair. It's fair, it's a fair shout. Fair point to make, uh, or... I have to agree, but I don't think he touches his team. Um, I mean, we 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 said age and strikers as well. Right. You could look at Ronaldo's age. Was he thirty five now? Yeah, thirty five. Yeah. Oldest striker before World uh, yeah, World Cup hat trick incidentally yeah, as well. Uh, it's hard, you know. For me, it's hard to leave Ronaldo out. Yeah, I, I mean, we just just run back through the, the team then, the, the compromised eleven. Um, we'll post all, all, all three of the te- all four of the teams, including this compromised eleven, uh, online, um, and you guys can have a a, a vote and a little bit of a, a mess around with, with which team you think is best. Um, so we've we've opted for Oblak in goal, um, Trent at right back, Van Dijk and Laporte as a back two. Um, Andrew Robertson, of course, at left back. So the two Liverpool fullbacks, um, and then in the midfield we went with um, Kimmich, um, KDB, and Cruz um, out wide. Messi and Mbappe, <laughs> uh, despite <laughs> desperately to uh, provoke his uh, point. Too convincing, mate. You're too convincing. Um, and uh, I think I've won that battle for strikers and, and put Lewandowski in this yeah, side. Yeah. Great. Okay, so I mean that that's our that's our side then. Um, you know, let us know uh, in any of the uh, Instagram comments and that if you uh, if you agree or anyone we've missed out, and um, we'll be posting them on the socials as mentioned. Um, on next week's show, we've uh, a very controversial episode where the three of us are joined by my university football teammate Nikki, as we discuss, and I'm uh, sure it'll be a heated discussion. Uh, some of the current and former players that we just don't get the hype around. Um, or, or, um, just just to give you a bit of a an insight as to uh, as to next week's episode. Uh, although he's since retracted the claim, um, our guest once argued that Jean Michael Seri was better than Ngolo Kante. Um, but yeah, if you if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on our socials uh, to stay up to date with what's coming up. Um, at Tiki Taka Talk on Instagram and at Tiki Taka Talk One on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is also now available on Spotify, so be sure to follow us there too. Uh, until next time, thanks very much for listening. Thank Cheers. you.